hi, this is not Arnold, but you should still listen to the 430 Movie podcast at 430movie.com. It's really fun. You'll like it. If you want some great swag from the Inglorious Trexperts podcast, including a lot of fun T-shirts and all that sort of stuff, visit us at ingloriousTrexperts.com. You can find all that stuff, and you can listen to the podcast while you're there. Hey, are you Darren Docterman from the 430 movie? Why, why, yes, I am. Well, I recognize you because I have the Electric Now app, and I get to see all these great Electric Surge podcasts on video for the first time ever. I'm delighted. I'm delighted that uh, you came up to me and said hello. Well, I got to tell you, how can I watch all these incredible podcasts like Inglorious Trexperts, The Best Movies Never Made, and uh, other things? Well, you can find us on uh, Distro and on uh, uh, the Electric Now app. And Stir. And Stir, see, I, stir I, I knew you knew it. I did know. Because I'm not really a stranger <laughs> on the street. I'm Mark A. Altman, your co-host. <laughs> Well, maybe I should have been watching these podcasts all along. I would have recognized you. <laughs> Join us on Electric Now, currently streaming on Distro TV and Stir, and coming soon to the Electric Now app. And welcome back to Best Movies Never Made. Hey, don't talk over my intro. My bad guests. <laughs> We're having our own conversation over here. This is the podcast where we explore interesting and infamous movies that never made it to or through production. As always, I am your co-host, Josh Miller. And with me, as always, is Mr. Steven Scarlatta. Hello. Hi. How, How you, you doing? doing? I'm doing good. <laughs> hey, I threw you off today. <laughs> um, it's these guys' fault. Yeah. Our lousy <laughs> guests for part two of Super Mario Brothers, Mr. Pat Casey and Alan Denton. Hey. Hello. Uh, maybe say your names again so the audience can remember who is who. <laughs> this, this is Pat. And I am Alan Denton. Happy to be here. Um, I also even just tee up right up top here as long as we're talking about not being able to see us which is that you can now watch your favorite episodes of Best Movies Never Made on the Electric Now channel, which is available for free to stream on several apps, including Stir, Zumo, and Distro TV, and also coming soon to the Electric Now app. Um, but now that we got that business out of the way, <laughs> actually, before we get back into this uh, script and... Continue on where we left off on that crazy cliffhanger. I'm sure nobody knows what's going to happen next. We were talking a little bit more about Barry Morrow's involvement with the project. Mm -hmm. Steve, you were dropping some facts on us that maybe we should drop again. Oh, um, I am lost now all of a sudden. <laughs> well, it was the idea that his involvement actually maybe had everything to do with Barry Levinson and Dustin Hoffman's brief involvement. Yes, that was my theory. After um, Hoffman and Levinson was announced, it seemed like Morrow came on. And that that was pretty much my theory. And it seems like... Like I mentioned in the last episode, like the LA Times wrote about this movie and they kept bring, they brought up Morrow again. And even in 92, there was, you know, articles written about this film and they keep going back to Morrow. They, they just kept using his name. Because so, he, he was an Oscar winner from co-writing uh, Rain, Man. Rain Man, right? Yeah, yeah. the yeah. prestige. They kind of wanted to keep a, a prestige with this project. But with, why you know, do you need prestige on the Super Mario Brothers It movie? is interesting that understand. that was the angle they were really going for. It's like, mm -hmm. we want people to take the Super Mario Brothers movie seriously. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like how old was everybody involved in this thing? Um, but I will also say one thing Pat and I have definitely learned now the Sonic movie, which is by far the biggest thing we've worked on as far as people actually giving a shit about it before it even comes out. Uh, it's insane how wildly inaccurate the things that like major news outlets oh, will leaks. report. Mm -hmm. Not just leaks, but just, just like, like about who's working on the movie and like what is going mm -hmm. on. And like, like their story recaps. They're constantly like, wrong about everything. get some of this info? Don't believe everything you read on the internet, kids. Point being, really? the production might not even mm -hmm. have been touting Barry Morrow so much as the uh, as people variety. writing the news who just aren't paying attention and to it. And they like looked up the previous article so, mm -hmm. that yeah. also mentioned Barry Morrow so they so, just bring him up again. Do you have any examples of things that 
that were reported that were massively wrong? That like, you couldn't... So there's the cast. I mean, the, the funniest like news thing is always when it gets leaked, someone who was part of like the massive list of casting options, like when Paul Rudd was quote unquote in talks to be in the movie. And like, when really, yeah, his name was on like a giant sheet of like every movie star in Hollywood. When it was like, like, you should star in this movie. Here's a list of 500 names. And Paul mm-hmm. Rudd was one of them. You yeah, know? Like a list of names that you would never consider for the same role, like people who are just wildly different types. And I mean, which you see some of the, we had Dustin Hoffman. For Mario, and then I don't know where it fell in the timeline, but Tom Hanks yes. was briefly oh. going to play Mario what? until yes. he had. Well, I think it was it was Tom. that he had Turner and Hooch, The Burbs, and Joe versus the Volcano were all like flops right in a row. So all of a sudden they were like, "You're done, Tom Hanks." <laughs> was Turner yeah. and Hooch a flop? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Well, according I to that's being yeah, that's according to console like wars. It. They say that. Um, well, one guy said that, um, was it Jeff Ryan of how Nintendo conquered America? Tom Hanks briefly signed on to play Mario, but some executives thought that Hanks was asking for too much money. He was asking for $5 million. Which, after some flops, I will say, they yeah. never made a Turner and Hooch 2. They did yeah. make a canine 2 and 3. Yes, they did. <laughs> well, he would have um, also just been a bad choice for the role. He would have made better well, Luigi. Well, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean yeah. as, but people like him immediately. You know, you'd go. I don't know. He, no, I will say though, but, but he's he a little was bit more like the it. drawing of Mario <laughs> on yeah, the games. He would have been a yeah, cheerful. He's inherently likable and cheerful. Although I would have loved a Bob Hoskins Tom Hanks with yeah. Tom yeah. Hanks as that Luigi. Interesting, yeah. but the, he followed. You know, he didn't take the role, but he did a League of Their Own, Sleepless in Seattle, and then won two Oscars for Philadelphia and Forrest Gump. So he did all right. Yeah, <laughs> nobody's worried about Tom Hanks. Yeah, and then um, yeah, You're over then, in this town, kid. Yeah, and then, as we all know, um, I mean, and then according to Console Wars, they had an interesting story that when. I guess Dustin Hoffman came back on the scene again, and when they brought it to the president of Nintendo, they didn't think he was right for the role. Yeah, the president of Nintendo of America, specifically. I think Dave Story even telling that, that he's like, no, he's not right. And when they asked him, like, is there a reason you don't like him? He, like, thought about it for a while and was just like, no. Yeah, his, <laughs> he, squinted, he squinted his eyes ever so slightly and then quietly said no before moving on to the next thing. Console Wars is an interesting book for people who haven't read it. It's like yeah. not, it makes the mistake of trying to, it's like writing like, a, what's the term when you write nonfiction but like a novel? Yeah, not, I think they call it like a, yeah, like a non, nonfiction novel, right? Like mm-hmm. Capote did with like In Cold Blood. Yeah. It's kind of that So technique. it's like he gives yeah. everyone dialogue yeah. and like yeah. that, writing is not very good. Do you, do you feel <laughs> yeah. the dialogue is not actually sourced? No. no. It's no. just he's making it up. Uh, Based on recreations of like, oh, yeah. you know, what people said in interviews with him probably about what info, happened, but then he kind of makes it The info he scenes. gets is all great. And that, yeah. that's specifically about basically the rise and fall of Sega as a contender. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's like basically the Genesis versus Super Nintendo. That is yeah. why I will announce if I got information from Console Wars, just so, oh. just in case. But um, Yeah, we both read Console Wars in the run-up to us starting on Sonic, amongst other things. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and it was interesting. But what's <laughs> interesting, too, is that you know, DeVito ended up leaving to do Hoffa, but he was never officially signed on to do the picture, but he did allow them to use his name with the film until he left. And then after Hanks, um, Cheech Marin told Forbes he was approached to do it. What? He said, they wanted me to be this character, and it turned out the character they were asking me to be was Mario of the Mario Brothers. It was because he had this mustache, you know? And oh so, my God! So that was Cheech Marin, and then the other crazy thing is you that you can put a mustache on anybody. <laughs> but, but he, he doesn't know, need to come to with his own real. mustache. I know it's they like the, they were already over budget. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, they didn't ask Tom Selleck. Yeah, <laughs> this was the '90s. They hadn't really yeah. developed spirit gum technology yet. And Wait, I bo- spirit gum. That's yeah. what you used to put on a fake mustache. Oh, okay. Did you do high school theater, <laughs> yeah. man? Plus, uh, <laughs> plus, with this draft we're talking about right now, the Beeman one, is that they actually. 
I mean, they were making the special effects artists like Tony Gardner. They were making the creatures. You know, they had like a Goomba. They had the turtles. They, they well, were, and that's that's wait, kind for of this draft we were yeah they now? they were yeah. they were creating the well cre- the movie was like underway. That's why I was yeah. this is kind of a unique one for us to talk about on the podcast. Is like this movie was like happening. Yeah, which is kind of why it was such a disaster. Because really, the way a movie should be made is that you get the script. You get the script good, and then you decide to make it rather than like, it's coming out on this date next mm-hmm. year, and, and everyone starts freaking out immediately because yeah. you don't have any time anymore. I hear that's how they made the Hobbit movies. <laughs> yeah, so supposedly this draft, I never found concrete information. I just saw like a tweet from the Super Mario Brothers website guys that are like um, documenting this. They said that Schwarzenegger was attached to this draft to play the evil Koopa. But, okay. uh, but the newspapers that. had announced Schwarzenegger and they also said Michael Keaton was approached also to play the evil Koopa in this as well. Sure. Yeah, different but take on it, but he would have been good also. I am yeah. Koopa. <laughs> so that is some of the casting before we get to the, you know. Well, speaking anyway. of names, and something again that carries through from this script all the way is that they call him Koopa instead of Bowser. Yeah, I don't know when... The, well, like, he was King Koopa in the f- first games, right? King of Koopa? Bowser, I mean, Bowser, King, King of, of the Koopa, yeah. There, oh. I don't remember which game or games but it is. But this was all just out of the instruction manuals, basically, yeah. right? Because they, they never say... He's called Koopa yeah, like, in a couple of the early games, but I... I think it, I think it was always that he was Bowser, King of the Koopas. Yeah, it, it's kind of a robotic so Eggman situation. He's King Koopa in that he is King of the Koopas. Yeah, yeah Robotnik and Eggman. You guys just called him Eggman. We went with right? Eggman. Well, hey, the decisions above my pay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. We were told Eggman. You guys got to go with Robotnik. Yeah. I don't know how you pulled that off. I feel like it was not a. Uh, we we thought he would, we would just call him Robotnik, and everyone on the movie team I mean, was like, funny, "Yeah," because Robotnik <laughs> is still a very objectively silly name. But we were yeah. also like, "But that's a name." Yeah, yeah. Eggman's like a nickname. Yeah, yeah. that was the thing is because like he's like a human character. All the different versions of the movie we talked about, like he was always. A human, so it just made sense that he was Doctor Robotnik. Sometimes we called him, you know, Doctor Ivo Robotnik. Yeah. Uh, and then we just always assumed that Sonic would just call him Eggman as an insult. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. that uh, spoil. I don't, don't want to do say that? what's in the movie. It's a yeah. surprise for everyone. <laughs> yeah. But that might be what happens in the movie. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I, canonically now they've merged because in Japan he was always Eggman, and then in, in America he started as Robotnik, and then they merged and they said he's Doctor Evo. Eggman, nickname, Robotnik. But, but then, like, I think they decided he had but, to just be Dr. Eggman all the time but, at some uh, they, point. They just, they call him Eggman all the time. All I know is when yeah. I was playing Sonic 1 and 2 and sure. 3 as a kid, he was Dr. Robotnik. Yes. That's what it said in the little thing that came yes. with the game. So. Me too. Just pretty um, much all the information you got back then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, let's get back into this script. So this is the only one that's going to have a pipe, right? I believe. Yeah, it's strange that the final movie yeah. they don't go through <laughs> no the pipe. It's like yeah. a wall where they they no, sort of CG materialize uh, into they, it. They, yeah. they go they goes like sledding through a frozen, uh, like yeah pipe shaft. Like they're the... down there like working on pipes is like what leads them to the dimensional rift that's yeah. just like in the yeah. There's the no sewers like, kind of, but it's kind of like more like a canyon underneath the sewers. Yeah. But again, if you asked like what are the defining features yeah. of Mario? Yeah, warping through pipes. Pipes. Yeah. I know a lot of pipes. I guess I should bring this up now because we're going to keep talking about it. But I found in like a star log them explaining that um, Jaffe, am I saying it right? <laughs> Every element of the film is based on the game. Our, I, our deal with Nintendo is that we will treat the characters well, but they, but they have no input to the storyline. Anyway, on set design, our design criteria was to incorporate as many game elements as we could on the set. So yeah. they're they're claiming that there is. I mean, I do I think saw... Nintendo is definitely not free of blame yeah. in this process. It wasn't like Hollywood ran away with the movie and made it awful. I mean, since like, Nintendo got to select their producers yeah. and their take. Well, like the 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 final movie does have little Easter eggs around, like a neon sign that says "Bullet Bills" or something. Yeah, so but, I guess that maybe that's what they mean. But like, <laughs> it's so. But like. 
it's so inconsequential and like the the greater like world is just so nothing from well, the game. Well, it's like the Bertha character I think was a fish, right? In the game originally and then it's a woman in the, oh. it's, it's the it's the the, the woman that oh, wait that woman was based on the fish. Yeah, I believe Koopa's like evil sidekick in the no no movie? not that one the the woman the that woman uh, Bob Hoskins the has to dance with. Yeah, she's got oh like, moon yeah, boots. and she has the boots, and then she gives them the boots. Yeah, and then they yeah. use the boots once and take them off inexplicably. Well, like because <laughs> again with like we went through the same thing where you're drawing, like you know, I mean it's funny how close the Sonic movie like if. I almost feel like if Pat and I hadn't been involved, there wouldn't have been any rings in the movie. But much yeah. <laughs> like Mario and Pipes, we were like, that's like the only thing Sonic so are you, has. Are you confirming there are rings in the movie? Uh-oh. Yes, rings, <laughs> rings confirmed. You know, you're um, going to have to edit this. Well, <laughs> well, the other crazy thing is like all that fungus, I think that was to be... A metaphor for the mushroom element oh, yeah. in the game. Oh, yeah, sure. yeah. That's But what, it's like not the visual. Like In the final <laughs> yeah. movie, it's like they thought... Like incorporating this. elements from the game just meant saying like words for things that were in the game, but without giving you the actual visual, which is what I think. Mm-hmm. You know, people people are visual creatures. Yeah. It's like the visuals are the most important thing, especially for like kids. I don't know. You know just Roger Ailes says about Fox News that it's like you know politics is TV with the sound turned off. If, like you watch Fox News with no sound, it still brainwashes you. It's designed mm-hmm. to do that. Okay. Because if you watch the, <laughs> the Mario movie with the sound <laughs> off, like you would barely know it was a Mario movie. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, so they were going like, okay, in the game, he eats a mushroom and that gives him special powers. So here there'll be sweaty, pulsing yeah. fungus everywhere. Just disgusting slime. <laughs> that like kind of guides him in the correct direction. Let's get back into this right. thing. So last we saw the Mario Brothers, they had just been sucked into a giant pipe inside a mysterious diner that they found in an alleyway in Brooklyn, New York. Um, and so immediately, I think this does start us off on the right kind of like, because I feel like with this this script, it was basically like, let's do Alice in Wonderland or Wizard of Oz. That mm-hmm. seems like, yeah, seems kind of natural again, because it's like, they seem like they're uh, Italian human plumbers. Why are they living in this weird yeah. other world? It makes sense that uh, maybe they're from America and then get magically transported there. And the look of the world in this one, so they fall into a pipe and then we cut to the Mushroom Kingdom and it says, the pipe sticks out of a grassy meadow, which is at the top of the screen. The sky is at the bottom, so we're upside down. The brothers shoot out of the pipe downward into the sky and as we follow them, the camera turns right side up. The brothers stop midair and as if gravity has reversed itself, they fall back to the ground and land in a heap, Luigi on top of Mario. And almost immediately, they're attacked by a piranha plant. Some more fun. Which is, that's what the people want to see. Supposedly, they made it too. What? Which oh, really? I would love to see. Oh, yeah. Man. I mean, basically, like a couple of big Audrey twos. Yeah. <laughs> Are there pictures or anything? Or just. I've only found a couple of pictures. Um, I, I was... But not of the piranha plant? No, I was told. I mean, I. I... Oh, man. Just by chance, I got to meet Tony Gardner a couple of weeks ago, and he was telling me about it. Mm-hmm. You know, nice. he he was very bummed about the project being canceled because they were yeah making all this stuff. You know, but we'll get into what happened after this. Uh, yeah, let's read this scene here. This is when, as they're kind of acclimating themselves, they hear someone crying off in the distance. Uh, this is labeled as page 30. I think you guys got that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Exterior, another part of the forest, day. The brothers part some leaves and see a strange sight. On either side of the large tree trunk, eight feet in diameter, two piranha plants are, t- are taking turns snapping at a creature which is swinging back and forth between the plants behind the tree. Just its head is seen as it pops out from behind each side of the trunk. Stop it! Stop it! I'm poisonous! Don't you know that? The brothers exchange perplexed looks and creep close. Another angle behind the tree reveals a three-foot-high toadstool-shaped creature swinging upside down its ankles, trussed in an iron collar attached to either side, or tied attached to an upside-down metronome device. This is Toad, a wise-cracking anthropomorphic toadstool. Warily, Mario and Luigi enter the shot. Catching sight of Toad, their mouths drop in unison. Mario, it's a... Talking mushroom. I'm not a mushroom. Ah! I'm a toadstool. Ah! And in case you hadn't noticed, ah! I'm about to be lunch meat. 
I got it. I know where we are now. This has got to be some kind of nuclear waste theme park. You know, like Mutant World or something? Excuse me, a little help here! Luigi steps over and stops the metronome from rocking. Their prey out of reach. The piranha plants descend into the pipes. Oh, thank you. The release pin is up there. Luigi pulls the release pin from the ankle collar, but Mario stops him. You know the way back to Brooklyn from here? You're lost? I'd be glad to guide you home, but it's kind of hard giving you directions when I'm hanging upside down! He's got a point, Mario. Luigi pulls the pin. The ankle collar springs open, causing Toad to suddenly fall to the ground with a painful thump. Toad groans, pulling himself erect, feeling his stem. Ugh, that did it. Oh, I've thrown out my stem again. A sudden loud rumbling is heard, and a huge shadow darkens the clearing. The three hit the ground as we see... Passing overhead, kind of an ancient galleon pirate ship without masts or sails, a wooden a wooden armor hull 50 yards long and 20 wide, complete with cannons and two giant spinning propellers attached to the aft of the ship. Yeah. It passes them. <laughs> That's what I thought when I read that. I was like, yeah, about the ship. St. Peter on a popsicle stick. What was that? One of Lord Koopa's warships. He never comes this far south. Koopa? He's the guy who took Hildy. Come on, Mario. He takes off running over the hill after the hover ship. Luigi! Luigi! Toad starts to run in the opposite direction, but Mario grabs him. Listen, you! Toad! My name is Toad! You said you'd guide us home. Come on! Toad, he grabs Toad and drags him off after run, uh, running after Luigi. I did? Actually, I have a pitiful sense of direction! Exterior forest. Clearing day. The hover ship has landed. A gangplank has been lowered to the ground. Koopa, still in his three-piece suit, stands at the bottom of the plank. Three of Koopa's troopers, uh, fierce-looking soldiers, half-human with turtle-like armored shells on their backs, reptilian facial features, and molded armor suits, hold him struggling. Also gathered are phalanx of spear-toting, burly-bearded human, in quotes, denizens of the Mushroom Kingdom, called Yilas. These are peasants forced to serve as Cooper, as Koopa's militia. Like, why do they even call them Yilas? I feel like they never, nobody ever says that word in dialogue anywhere. Also, like, I'm not yeah. an expert on the Mario franchise, but I don't think <laughs> that's a name taken from anything. Though I do understand why you also just have human peasants, because it's a lot easier <laughs> yeah. to get human extras than to build all creatures. Yeah, there's no yeah. other humans in the Mario world, right? So you might as well just... I mean, call them whatever you want, right? Yeah. It's Mario and uh, the princess, basically. Yeah. And she's princess of the toad people. So those but she rules subjects. over them. Is it, is it like a racial superiority oh, thing? Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> I assume she came to the Mushroom Kingdom long ago and enslaved them all. Oh, but, yeah. Um, all right. So <laughs> we also now meet a new made-up character. I think, again, made-up. A Beetleman, who's Koopa's, like, wizard and... Right so, hand man, kind of so worm I tongue. I don't remember the name of the dude from the games, but he's got a little like wizard guy in the, yeah. in the games, right? like a little wizard turtle kind of guy. Yeah, but isn't he a Koopa? Yeah, yeah. Koopa yeah, like, has like a zillion kids. Yeah, like a. He's got like glasses. Yeah, and he's sort have... of like the like the camera guy. In oh no 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 not that guy. He he looks sort of like him, but uh, there, he does have like a there's like a wizard cape or something somewhere, yeah. right? Yeah, he's kind of wearing like a sorcerer's apprentice yeah. hat, right? Yeah. Um, but this guy he turns Koopa back. Like, and this was just a magic spell that made him look like Mister Koopa. Yeah, the uh, out of date businessman. So we're not subjected to human Koopa for the entire damn movie. But it does make me, I wonder, I assume they would have gone makeup yeah. since they didn't have the ability to do, yeah. like, a full-on effect. Yeah. Like, what, what do you think Toad was going to be? Like, I was picturing he was probably just a, a, a little person in a suit, yeah, but with a sort so. of animatronic face, sort of mm. Ninja Turtle style. Oh. Or, like, a puppet for only close-ups when he it was talks. It's an expensive movie. We don't have any Toad designs, do we? Yeah, um, I guess I, I, gotta... I figured a puppet. Just like a we... No, just a I don't believe, guy. I haven't seen any Toad designs. Um, but continue with the story, more of Luigi just kind of being a real liability here. He basically just like <laughs> runs up to Koopa and then is like, give Hildy back. <laughs> yeah. And then him and Mario and Toad get captured. Yeah, they immediately get captured. Toad immediately betrays them and like <laughs> becomes a spy for Koopa in this scene. Yeah, um, that was messed up. He's going to kill Luigi and uh, Koopa's going to kill Luigi and Mario with a giant crossbow and in classic villain fashion is like, now I'm going to leave <laughs> underlings while you murder our heroes. I can't wait for two more seconds to make sure yeah. that my plan works, but 
Um, he leaves. The Yilas see uh, Luigi's the locket um, and exclaim, The prophecy has come to pass. All hail the mighty warriors. Um, and they bring them back to their village. And then we have another scene, group scene to read here. Actually, no, this is before they even bring him back. Uh, so let's read through this a little bit. You guys see that top of page uh, 38? Mm-hmm. Um, so, oh yeah, I'm the, I think I'm Yila, Captain. Yeah. 20 years ago, Koopa crushed the king's forces and seized power. The royal family was wiped out, all but the king and his daughter. Some say our king died in the fighting, but we believe he still lives. In all these years, Koopa's forces have enslaved us. Made us take arms against our own people. But now at last we shall be liberated, gives Mario a camaraderie slap on the shoulder. You, the warriors of prophecy, you who will vanquish Koopa, have finally come to save us. Suppose, uh, just suppose, big hypothetical here, that uh, we weren't these uh, warriors? What would happen? The Yila's hands moved to their weapons. Uh, We would kill you. We're those guys. Yeah, we're, we're them. Um, so yeah, whole running thing now, just kind of nonstop, is that Mario doesn't want to do any of this yeah. and wants to get back to the pipe to go to Brooklyn, and his liability brother Luigi is just constantly like, no, I need to save this. Yeah, because they, they established that there is just an out pipe that yeah. they can take back to yeah. Brooklyn. Right? That in theory, Toad could take them back to. I guess I never really got a... a heroic vibe from Mario in the early games. He is just sort of like he can only move forward and it's just more nonsense everywhere he goes. Well, he is also a murderer. He's just constantly <laughs> killing every single creature he comes by, yeah. who for the most part, I can tell, are just minding their own business. Like, they're just walking back and forth. Just bouncing around. Yeah. He is courageous. You are just, like, running to the right all the time, even though you're, like, going through all these incredibly uh, horrific places. The castle's full of fire, etc. You know, yeah, yeah, I'll give him that. <laughs> Your hard take on Mario being a horrible you know, one monster. thing that this script, none of these scripts do, but the I always assumed would be the Mario movie, like in my mind, would be that it's like John Carter of Mars, and when you get to the mushroom planet, the mushroom land, you can just jump super high because the gravity's different there, mm-hmm. or you know, the the mushroom lands, red sun, what have you, that is what makes Mario and Luigi so super. Oh, just Maybe. by nature of being outsiders. I mean, just by it, being humans, it yeah. does lend itself to the John Carter thing. Cause that's literally yeah. what happens. He gets yeah. to Mars and is like, "I can jump really high." Yeah, <laughs> that's John Carter's one and only power. Uh, but that's all you need. Yeah, and he yeah. loves punching bricks. Um, all right, so they now Mario's agreed. Sure, they go back to the Yilas camp and they meet another new character, Woltan the Wizard. Uh, who's in Wizard Hall Local 123. Um, <laughs> and There's like he, union jokes in yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> but he's basically like, uh, we got to send you on a quest. Uh, first, you must prove your worthiness by embarking on a dangerous quest. Uh, Mario just yeah. wants to go home. Again, Luigi won't let it go. This is like clearly there wasn't enough story for them to work with. They're like, uh, before you finish your quest, do this quest. For- How long does this script end up being? Uh, it is one fifteen. So really, it was plenty long. We could have avoided this entire side quest, <laughs> yeah. uh, and we wouldn't have really missed anything. Well, the one anything. thing we always say in defense of these scripts <laughs> we talk about is since these are often... Well, this is a different case because it got thrown out and they started over. But a lot of these unmade movies never made it past a first draft, necessarily. Yeah, first drafts so always come in First long. drafts are always long and they stick. Yeah. So uh, no offense to these guys. Um, but let's read this scene here with Woltan explaining... What's going to go down? Uh, I don't remember. You might be in this scene, Steve. No, you're not. Just kidding. Uh, all right. You guys ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, uh, I am Woltan. Koopa has confiscated all instruments of magic and placed them here, dramatically slaps map, in the pit of no return. If you have the courage to venture there and retrieve my magic wand, I will help you destroy Koopa and rescue the princess. Whoa, time out here. You're saying we gotta go to a place called the Pit of No Return? Why is it called that? Well, because everyone who's gone there has never come back. (laughs) I'm sure there must have been one guy who made it. Nope. Not one? No one. That is why it's called the Pit of No Return. Then if we went there and came back. Yeah, you'd be the first, yes. Uh, Then you couldn't call it the Pit of No Return. 
I suppose not. We would have to think up another name for the pit. God. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, so now they go <laughs> off on this whole Toad's going to go with oh, and them. here's where we learn about where the outpipe is, too. But Luigi's like, no, we got to yeah, yeah. go to the no, pit no return. No, we got to risk our lives dying for this girl who doesn't really like me yet. Yeah. Um, she does like him. We, we, the audience, know that. She's been waiting for Luigi yeah. to profess his love, but he's too Oh, yeah, that's true. He's too shy. Um, yeah, so have they, like, not gone on a date? But he loves her and she loves him, is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one has like a real strong kind of like bumble love thing where just yeah. like every time he's like, I should tell her I love her today and then doesn't. Yeah, maybe It's just like, like some like kind of weird 60s like Disney mm-hmm. Western yeah. level of romance, you know? Just I mean, like hang out or something. I'd say one thing all these scripts have in common is way too many things happen in Brooklyn before <laughs> they get to the Mushroom Kingdom. So there was a lot of stuff I skipped over there. Uh, we get some fun little details in here, like basically like a Game of Thrones raven that delivers a mes- message. They have a flying turtle. Yeah, with like rockets. Yeah, on rockets. It. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, so they go off on their journey. Luigi, Mario, Toad. Um, Luigi gives money to a beggar. Annoying. That's yeah. weird to think of that. There's still homeless people in the Mushroom Kingdom. Yeah. But wait, like <laughs> Woltan like gives them a few coins. He's right like, when he says only and then, three coins, and then now. Luigi just gives them away <laughs> instantly, them. and the coins <laughs> never come up again. Like well, there's no, never something the where they could have spent them. Well, well, it's like a Jack and the Beanstalk. Thing. Yeah, the beggar gives him a bean in exchange for the three coins. But like he could have given them one coin. There was no reason for it to be three. And they're silver coins specifically. But yeah. in the Mario games, the coins are all gold. Why yes. would you make the coins silver? Oh, good point. Because Nintendo was not paying attention. Uh, Not to jump ahead, but it's such an irrelevant plot point that it doesn't matter. Uh, And the payoff for the bean, because this kind of feels like, you know, in Lord of the Rings, where Frodo is ultimately rewarded. uh, The whole Gandalf's thing about sparing... um, uh, Uh, Why am I forgetting the name? Gollum's Gollum is like that ultimately leads to them winning two movies later yeah the payoff for this is just that they're saved from one trap by growing the bean into a stock yeah by accident Mm -hmm. it falls out of his pocket and then the bean stock happens uh, and they could have found the bean at any point you know, in their and journey, really, they needed this is to get a it. colossal fuck up on Luigi's part. He's like, "I'm only going to give you these three <laughs> coins." That should You'll imply when these are them. very important. <laughs> and he immediately like, "Oh, here, homeless guy." <laughs> I would have liked to have a subsequent scene where they come to like a vendor. Oh, he's yeah. like, oh, here's the win button. That'll be three coins. And Mario's like, oh, my God, you gave away our coins, Luigi. Yeah. And then he Look just... at what we could have had. <laughs> yeah. This would have been so easy. Ah, <laughs> oh, don't be such a grump. Um... All right. We also learned in this, Koopa has got like a somewhat more tragic backstory is that his family's land was seized when he was a kid and they were yeah. thrown out by the, you know, previous rulers of the Mushroom Kingdom, uh, Hildy's parents. Yeah, so the, the toadstool, the, the princess and, or king and so yeah, like they the, seized power. And yeah, I think like the toadstools uh, seized power from them and now they're. Basically trying to get it back. It's more of a Game of Thrones, no one's right kind of quest for power. Just like Mario and Donkey Kong Jr. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. So now we get back. Koopa's got Hildy, uh, much like um, Daisy in the finished movie. It's up in Koopa's Tower here. It's Koopa's Castle. Uh, This, though... He wants her to fall in love with him. Uh, she obviously doesn't like him because he kidnapped her and revealed himself to be a giant lizard creature. So with the help of, uh, or let's, re- let's read this scene here and then we can get to what's going on. Um, Pat, I think you are. You will be Beetleman in mm-hmm. this scene. So this is Koopa and his henchman, Beetleman. Interior, Castle Main Hall night. A dank cavernous room lit by a massive fireplace. Behind the throne sits the glittering crown of invincibility on a raised pedestal. Koopa eyes the crown hunger- hungrily. When I was young, Beetleman, I despised my father. Do you know why? Mm, because he was cruel to you? No. Because he didn't bounce you on his knee. No, Beetleman, because he was weak. (laughs) That that was my third choice, sir. He allowed my family's land to be seized. We were thrown out of... With nothing, we were poor, wretched, groveling for scraps of charity. It's a miracle, sir, that you overcame your miserable childhood and grew up to be such a 
A well-adjusted despot. And soon I will marry the princess and become king, and the crown of invincibility will be mine. No one will dare take anything from me again, because if they try, a simple flick of my talon will incinerate them. So it's basically the infinity gauntlet, I guess. Uh, <laughs> my, uh, Koopa laughs at the thought. Beetleman enjoys him. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, such is the power of the crown, my lord. Of course, this power must be used wisely. <laughs> As no doubt you will. There's just one minor detail. For you to become king, the princess must willingly marry you. Koopa looks at him, not understanding the problem. The key word is willingly. She must fall in love with you. Uh, I see. And how is that done? There's one school of thought that says to get a woman to love you, you must be nice to her. Nice. I must be nice? And just how is that achieved? Well, perhaps you could give her a compliment or two, like, my, you're looking splendid today, or, oh, what a lovely cloak you're wearing. And this will work? Beetleman gestures, you could try it. Koopa thinks for a beat, then pushes Beetleman aside, aside on his way out of the room. I'll be nice then. Um, and then it's basically like home improvement <laughs> after Tim Allen would get advice from Wilson next door and then go like public, use it incorrectly. None of that works. So then he goes back to Beetleman and is like, just give me a magic spell. Beetleman makes some like magic chocolates that they give to Hildy and she has to eat all of them before the spell works. So then yeah, she's yeah. like starving and she doesn't know they're enchanted. So she's eating them. But yeah, once she eats the final one, she'll be in love. Yeah. With so her. kind of we keep cutting back to her throughout yeah, the movie, eating another chocolate. It's it's yeah, it's an hourglass. So, you and know. she's like transforming. But the weird thing is, it's at first I was like, oh, she's going to transform into like a lizard creature. But she's basically just transforming into being like tacky. Yeah. Wait, she, wait, she's not transforming into a lizard creature? No, wait, just so she she's like, like got like green eye shadow and stuff. Oh. She's just becoming... Yeah, with long, like, lame oh. nails yeah. and bad hair. Oh, okay, I misread that. She's fashion like, transforming. She's turning into like a real housewife or whatever. <laughs> um, all right, kind of skimming over some of this. They're going on a journey. They're passing we, the Hammer Brothers, if you remember that from the games, yeah. the turtles with the hammers. Difficult they get, enemies. Yeah, they yeah. get sent off to fight them. Uh, Mario and Luigi and Toad come across a landfill of lost items, uh, which is basically all the things we lose in Earth fall into this, yeah. like, pile. Out of a big pipe. It's basically the planet from Thor 3, yeah. actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, they find their dad's old Swiss army knife. That Very the, easily, by the yeah, way. Yeah, that the dad had given Luigi, and Mario has been, like, butthurt about this for <laughs> decades uh, is that the dad gave it to Luigi instead of him um, we also establish in here because Toad's eating like mushrooms growing off his own head that's disgusting by the way <laughs> <laughs> but they're apparently poisonous to everyone uh, but him so the audience can it's remember like pizza the hut that for yeah. later yeah, like we could have gotten that information across in a less gross way where like one of them tries to eat the mushroom off Toad and he goes no they're poisonous. Well, he says he's poisonous to the plants in his very first scene. But that seems like that's he's in just the context saying, yeah. where you'd be like lying that's to like the monster. That's like what Bugs Bunny would say when he's about uh, yeah, to get eaten. Yeah. Um, then there's a crazy scene where they come across a slave labor camp. Oh, yeah. Um, where we see the Goombas are like forcing the toadstoolians to harvest dragon fruit, which we saw Koopa eat. And earlier. the Goombas are just like larger versions of the toadstool yeah. people, basically. So yeah. more akin to what the Goombas are yeah. in the games. Yeah. Uh, they get in a big fight with the Hammer Brothers here. Like a. Wildly expensive, yes, super sort of, expensive fight. Uh, Temple of Doom style, yeah, exactly. Cart uh, race. Yeah. So yeah, I saw a missed opportunity in that because in the fight they're throwing the dragon fruit at these guys. In mm -hmm. Super Mario Two, you, you throw these radishes. Uh, so like, why weren't they radishes? They, yeah, they could have yeah. just been root vegetables and stuff, and that would have been able to tie into the game a little bit. That makes yeah, sense actually. And then there's a weird thing where they come across a tree stump, and a curious thing happens: a hidden panel on the side of the tree swings open, and an incredibly ugly hag steps oh. out. And this ugly hag <laughs> this is problematic. Just <laughs> just wants to kiss Mario. Yeah, she's like, ah, 
a handsome stranger. Kiss me. Just a little kiss. No tongue. I was a beautiful woman once. A spell was cast that turned me into this. And Mario's like, whoa, had to have been one of those industrial strength spells. Um, and yeah, she wants to kiss him and won't, and they leave. Yeah, and like <laughs> accomplishes nothing plot-wise. Yeah, also, like... Mario's like the short, fat, bald guy, you know? So for him to be tossing around insults about people's appearance, it's not really cool, Mario. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he got very offended to be called short earlier, yeah. so he should But learn. he also hates all women. Yeah, it's true. That in mind. Yeah, Brenda. Even if she was a heart. gorgeous babe, he would have been like, ugh. Brenda the women. Egg, <laughs> Brenda the egg-spitting lizard <laughs> creature, Pat theorizes. Um we also meet Yoshi, who in this they name Mario Jr. Um, yeah. And is, yeah, never refer to him as Yoshi, but no. he does have the giant tongue that he can grab stuff yes. with. Uh, yeah. Again, he, something the kids would have liked seeing. Yeah, and he like yeah. imprints on Mario like a baby bird. Yeah. Uh, that, so he that, loves Mario. That like explains like sort of, because like in the games, Yoshi hatches and then is your buddy. And it's like, oh, that's actually a pretty good explanation that... He was there when he was born, and now they're linked forever. And that's why he doesn't mm-hmm. mind when you like ride him off a cliff and just use his corpse to <laughs> propel yourself to the next platform <laughs> yeah. as he falls to his doom over and over again. Uh, but then our guys make it to the Pit of No Return, which is a sign out that says, Entered 57, Returned 0. So are they updating that? I felt like <laughs> yeah. they should have added to the number as they go in. Um, uh, Would have been a nice gag. Yeah. But then we get some fun, like, Mario stuff. They enter the cave. There's, like moving spikes and uh there's thwomps yeah this is what everybody wants they want to see the the castles and stuff come to life Mm -hmm. and i like they i feel like kind of taking a page from jim henson's labyrinths the thwomps like bicker yeah with each other if people know the thwomps they're basically these giant blocks with faces on them that come down from the ceiling to crush you in the games um they also they could have done like the the ghosts in here that can't move at you when you're looking at them. They have yeah. ghosts later. It's they a call them stretchers ghost. though. Yeah. Um, yeah. We introduce Babam here. Yeah. Uh, they have like a hot potato scene where they're throwing them around. Uh, they use the Babam to blow up a thwomp. <laughs> These names are great to say out loud. <laughs> um, I always said Babam. Well, it is Bob Um. Okay. It's hard to say. You, you quickly, do like though. B apostrophe bomb. It's like Scott, I feel Scott like that's Pilgrim what, isn't it? That's no, it's spelled Bob apostrophe Um. Bob right? Like I was thinking of like we are sex Bob and we're here to songs about being sad and stuff. Bob blah blah. And then we get to the final chamber, and it's basically like some Aladdin stuff in here, where they're they're told the chamber that they can like only each take one thing. And then Mario, like, immediately is like, I'm going to pocket this jewel. But the other two also just take non-quest items. It's like, you can each take one thing, and Toad and Luigi are immediately like, Mario, you got to take our main quest item. We're just going to grab some bullshit for ourselves, and you can go fuck yourself. So I don't blame Mario for what he did. Well, yeah, Luigi... Uh, There wasn't good communication among the group. Well, Toad gets the... uh, uh, Leaf for Mario 3. Luigi gets a pouch of magic mushroom powder, which is labeled as effective in breaking spells, curses, and other assorted bewitchments. Also delicious when sprinkled over soups and salads. Which is funny, because it feels like he's grabbing that because he knows they're using a spell on Hildy, but he doesn't. Yeah, I yeah. Think, well, he just says, like, this might be useful or he something, He knows right? that Koopa's allergic to mushrooms, but it doesn't feel like that's why he's yeah, grabbing no. it either. Uh, they find a magic wand. Mario doesn't believe in magic. Uh, then Luigi like gets the wand I mean, to work. Why would Mario then... believe in anything at this point? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they yeah, find he's still ghosts. firmly on the rules of Brooklyn. <laughs> this far, like seventy pages into this movie. Yeah, like there's a whole like it's funny Mario taking that other jewel like only matters for a half second. No, this just, this part's all pointless. Like, like this is where I was reading through this. I was like, oh man, if we were hired yeah, to re- red pen, rewrite red pen. this, like we're cleaning this all up. A lot of <laughs> unnecessary bullshit. Yeah. Like, are we already past the point? 
There was like an important scene in the middle here somewhere where you like you just talk about yeah, it. Yeah, where Mario and Luigi and Toad like on their journey, you know, stop and they're like sleeping by the fire or whatever. Yeah. And Luigi's asleep and Toad's like, "So what's up with you and Luigi?" And Mario's like, "Uh, I've been raising this kid since mom died. He's ruined my entire life. I hate him. He's the worst and I wish he would die." <laughs> and then like the camera kind of pulls over and we see that Luigi's awake and fully heard everything and is super sad. Um <laughs> Which is like it really makes Mario look like a gigantic asshole. He's but a it, huge jerk. But in it this is script. his character arc. Like at least in this script, he has an arc, which is yeah. coming to appreciate yeah. Luigi. Whereas <laughs> in the final movie, he literally doesn't have an arc. No, at he all. has an arc at the beginning of the movie. He says he doesn't believe in nonsense, and then the last line is the movie is him being like, "Oh, I believe." Yeah, oh. don't you Which see is, what a great the, arc yeah. The that first is. scene is Luigi finally... like watching some sort of unsolved mysteries yeah. thing about other dimensions and. Mario's like, or Luigi's like, you hear about these other dimensions? And Mario's like, bah, that show's bullshit. And then they go to another dimension like five minutes later. So obviously at that point he yeah. believes in the yeah. other dimensions. Yeah. But then he doesn't say I believe until the very end of the movie. Yeah. Not not a big swing on the no. character there. Uh, I mean, yeah, this is all just kind of, this is all get cut. But yeah, they get out. Toad, Koopa shows up. Toad goes over him because he's secretly a spy. Although I don't know what the brothers think is happening here when he like goes like, I'm going to go talk to Koopa. Yeah. Hold on. I got some pull. Yeah, I feel like he betrays them right in front of them. <laughs> and then it's also like after that, he's like, oh, no, what am I got to tell them that I betrayed them. And I'm like, they, they fucking saw you, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Doesn't but it's make like any sense. Luigi and Toad get kicked back into the pit. He's like, oh, right, I have this magic feather, turns yeah. into the raccoon suit from yeah. Mario 3. Tanuki. They get out. While he thinks Luigi's dead, Mario yells at Koopa as he's flying away, I'll get you! My people never forget! We got a thing called Vendetta! It's a very Italian moment, yeah. I guess, is what they're going <laughs> for there. Um, then Mario Jr., a.k.a. Yoshi, shows up, saves Mario, because Mario jumps on his back, and then... it. Again, very weird. Now that Junior served his purpose, uh, his like mom immediately calls him, and then Junior just leaves forever for the yeah. rest of the movie. It's called uh, pulling a Quicksilver in. Uh, yeah, uh, I served my purpose. Bye for the rest of the movie. Days of Future Past. That's the yeah. one where he's like, "Oh wow, Quicksilver can solve every problem." He's like, "But I gotta go home and do my homework. You guys have a fun on the rest of this adventure." <laughs> Uh, Woltan shows up again. Probably would have been useful to have him here this whole time, but I guess he's—they're trying to prove themselves. They're—they're yeah. they're not the chosen ones unless they return. But I mean, from the like, pit. But they did return from the pit, and it wasn't even really that difficult. No, uh, ultimately it was yeah, not. Like this guy should have tried to get his wand back himself. You know, he was like, "You have to go get my wand from the pit." Well, it's also Mario taking the ruby and pocketing it, and not telling anyone. Like in Aladdin, when Abu does that. Uh, the cave closes and they're gonna like die in there. Yeah. In this one, it's just like I think it's like a ghost. A ghost right? is just mad at him, so he it says, let give the, it back. Yeah, he's like, oh, fine, there you go, and <laughs> yeah. now they're fine. And it's kind of like that was very yeah. hardly an inconvenience. <laughs> yeah, nice um, try, Mario. Yeah, <laughs> you sneaky Mario. Yeah, so Waltan shows up. They go to attack. Um, Beetleman using his you know crystal ball lets the uh, oh, like his, it's like an alert. His crystal ball goes off, and we see that Mario and Woltan are coming. Uh, Woltan's being sort of weirdly overconfident in this scene, and Mario's like, oh, it's, there's like lightning shooting from the sky. Maybe we should hide. And Woltan's like, I am Woltan. My magic protects me. And then he immediately gets struck by lightning and is incinerated. <laughs> yeah. And Mario's uh, <laughs> response to that is just, he's toast. <laughs> he's very unmoved by the fact that this guy... Just died disgustingly <laughs> right in front of him. He finds the ruby locket they'd given Woltan in Woltan's ashes. Um, uh, we meet Monty Mole, moles from the games, if you remember them. Yeah. But in this, they're huge, creepy albino moles. Toad and, Toad and Luigi encounter them. I mean, this yeah. movie has a lot of just them encountering. Yeah, we're like crazy. firmly yeah. into the just pure nonsense well, section they, of this movie. And this is where they're saved by the beanstalk. They're saved yeah. from the mole by the beanstalk. Not only do they encounter the mole, they encounter like a giant pile of the mole's shit. Is like oh yeah you know which is like that's how we introduce these these characters to to the children 
And then uh, a fun little game reference here. Uh, Mario hears Hildy calling for help. He comes over the hill, sees Koopa Castle. Uh, he finds her, but then she immediately turns into Beetleman, and the castle disappears. Right. So it was all an illusion. And then Beetleman says, "Sorry, Mario, but the princess is in another castle." Yes, yeah, I liked it. I <laughs> yeah. like that bit. So, like the way that scene goes down. If you guys played New Super Mario Brothers for Wii. It like that same scene happens in like a like a 2014 Nintendo game where there's the <laughs> you go you you go through the castle and you find Peach and she's got her back to camera and then it's this the little wizard dude and it's like was an illusion and then Big Bowser shows up and that's like the yeah, last it, level. It was of the all game. a trap. Yeah. Um, but then now we we're getting up to like the real climax here. Um. I think we see Hildy eat the last chocolate at some point. So now she's in love with Koopa. They can move forward with the wedding. Um, Luigi and Mario are reunited outside the castle. Uh, They knock out some guards and steal their outfits and sneak in the castle in a pipe. Lots of pipes. And Mario's glad that Luigi's alive despite wishing that he would die earlier. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, Toad waits outside and is going through like a weird existential crisis. Yeah, now he's very concerned about whether or not he's a coward, but it kind of comes out of nowhere because I didn't really feel like that was the case earlier. Yeah, yeah. all right. Uh, and let's read this scene. Uh, this is page 84. I don't remember if you're in this or not, Steve. Oh, no, I'm not. Okay. Uh, interior Koopa Castle Main Hall. Koopa's stag party. Seated at the banquet table are Koopa and his cronies, including Beetleman Mugger, who's a kind of irrelevant character we've seen a couple times other troopers and a goomba or two wine flows freely musicians play the atmosphere is loud and body as bowdy this is in parentheses as body as a pg movie can get just tits everywhere <laughs> <laughs> beetleman wraps his mug with a spoon to bring silence <laughs> friends cronies mercenaries and esteemed guests of honor it is customary on the eve of a bridegroom's wedding to have a party such as this with much merriment and ribaldry koopa's cronies pound the table and hoot and holler it is also a tradition that on this night the groom's dear and trusted friends roast the ghost of the guest of honor, playfully poking fun at his foibles and little idiosyncrasies. The group goes silent as Koopa's stare shoots daggers at Beetleman. <laughs> we won't be doing that tonight. <laughs> so on with the amusements. Mm-hmm. Uh, Beetleman sits, hoping he won't lose his head over this. The music starts again. A veiled dancing girl comes out, dancing seductively in front of Koopa, who leers at her, aroused. Whoa. Uh, they just said it was a PG movie. <laughs> I feel uh, like my Beetleman voice has been kind of all over the place. I can't, <laughs> yeah. I can't remember what I'm doing each You're time. You're never going to get this part. <laughs> Interior Wizard pipe, dude. under main hall, we hear muffled music from the stag. The brothers now wear the guards' helmets, which hide their faces and mustaches. Luigi peeks out through his <laughs> grate. I feel like in this movie, they're full on wearing their red and green oh, overalls the, whole time? the entire yeah, movie, I think so. right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, coast is clear. Come on. Luigi pushes up the grate and interior hall alcove. We see the grate is in the floor of a small alcove, curtained off from the main room. Interior hall. The dancers complete her dance. The dancer completes her dance, ripping aside the veil of her face, revealing a hideous snake face with forked tongue. Koopa leers, thinking she's the world's answer to Madonna. Bowing, the dancer backs away through the slit in the curtain into Main Hall alcove, where Mario and Luigi have just finished coming up through the grate. They're facing away from the curtain so they won't see the dancing girl and she doesn't see them. Interior Hall. Koopa bangs his chalice on the table, wanting an encore. More! I want more! Bring her to me! A trooper pulls the curtain aside, suddenly exposing Mario and Luigi. Uh, backs turned, unaware of their predicament. Simultaneously, the dancing girl and the brothers turn and see each other, reacting. She runs off through the side door, and the brothers realize all eyes are on them. And who are you? Mario exchanges panicked look with Luigi. Let me guess, the fools? The brothers trade looks. Koopa bursts out laughing. <laughs> the syncophants take their cue, laughing uproariously too. Mario and Luigi stand there, wondering what's going on. Uh, what better way to illustrate the ineptitude of your troopers, eh, Mugger? Koopa laughs, slapping Mugger on the back. Mugger utters a forced laugh, suspiciously eyeing the brothers. Amuse me, fools, a song! Uh, a song? A song! 
Uh, so basically, the Mario Brothers launch into a song. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's see what you guys can do here. <laughs> Luigi, <laughs> you start off. Uh, 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 Koopa, you're super. A real reptile. Luigi looks to Mario to step in. Uh, of all the evil rulers, you beat them by a mile. Luigi nods. Not bad, Mario. Uh, your <laughs> slimy green skin really does me in. Your cruelty's my style. Oh, Koopa. <laughs> You're you, super. You, a, a real, real reptile. reptile. Mugger suspiciously eyes the brothers, seeing an inch of green overalls protrude from Luigi's pants to answer your question, Pat. Uh-huh. Koopa, he's super, so villainous and vile. His lechery, a sight to see, and he'll slay you with his smile. But if you resist, <laughs> your eulogist will be speaking in a while. Oh, Koopa, you're super, a real reptile. They've been moving towards the exit this whole time. Uh, uh, uh... You take yours and chuck it. We'll keep our slime bucket. Oh, oh Koopa, Koopa, you're super, a real reptile. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, no preparation. <laughs> Could you tell? It's like Sinatra. One take wonders. Um, now Hildy shows up, and she's uh, described as a grotesque wench. Hildy's now a hideous hussy wearing a garish gown and heavy makeup, to which Mara responds, who got hit by the Avon truck? Um, again, really not sensitive joke. to other people's looks, Mario. Um, she barely recognizes Luigi. It's kind of confusing her. The trooper sees the brothers. Hildy's torn, confused, grabs a chocolate to calm herself. Oh, we hold in the box only one left. I guess she hasn't fully finished the transformation. I jumped the gun on Whoa. that one. Um, they're put in an ice Just dungeon. Just give her fewer chocolates. Yeah, yeah, well, you can't. That's how many magic. it takes, yeah, man. Yeah, come on. That's, that's the rules of magic. Um, Just brother, stronger chocolates, like one really strong chocolate. <laughs> this is kind of a fun bit. They're kept in an ice dungeon, and there's like so there's a layer of ice beneath them, and when the sun rises, it's slowly going to melt the ice, yeah. and through the ice they can see the razor fish from the games. And this is also where we pay off their actual arcs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh because this is the scene, yeah, where Luigi then tells, like, Mario's been taking care of Luigi his whole life because he, he promised, or he's had to take care of Luigi ever since their mom died. And Luigi reveals here that actually, when mom was dying, she made Luigi promise to take care of Mario and make sure that he he isn't only worrying about work and money all the time. Yeah. That was like, I wish they kept that in the movie. Yeah. Because yeah. that mm-hmm. was a really good moment. They've been taking care of each other this whole time. I mean, there's something that can actually like give you some feelings, which is an important part of a movie, yeah, some would I say. Agree. <laughs> uh, and Luigi gives him the pocket knife, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, Take this thing I lost years ago yeah. and just found earlier. <laughs> that I never cared about. Um, so the ice is slowly melting. We see Hildy eats the last chocolate. Now she's in love with Koopa. Um, there's also a whole thing where no one showed up for the wedding. They make some joke where Beetleman's like, oh, I invited people, whatever. Um, an amazing scene, again, kind of tonally weird. Toad, who's again been having his existential crisis the whole time, realizes like, no, I have to go actively save them, and he murders <laughs> one of the guards guarding their ice cell by feeding him one of the poison mushrooms that grows yeah. on his head. But I'm just like, wow, Toad just <laughs> killed that guy. Yeah, they didn't have to say he died. He could have just, like, passed out. Or gotten sick and run to the toilet yeah. for poisoning. No, Toad, stone-cold murderer. Um, <laughs> yeah, he rescues them, come cleans about... Comes clean about betraying them, but I feel like they don't care. Yeah, they're like, they're yeah, like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, he comes clean while he's in a position of power. Yeah. Like, they're struggling with the with the piranha. He's like, you guys, I, I hope you forgive me. I betrayed you. And they're like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they come in, find the Hildy's about to put the crown of invincibility on Koopa and their wedding. Luigi swings over them, dumps the magic mushroom powder he got from the Pit of No Return. Hildy's spell is broken. Uh, Luigi finally tells her that he loves her. Yeah, we've been building up this spell the whole second act. She's slowly eating these chocolates before it'll be the point of no return. And then it's like, 
Very yeah, we get to the point of no return, and then we return immediately. Very easily undone. But yeah, we talked about like the, he had to marry her. That's the only way he could touch the crown. There was yeah. like a yeah. curse on the crown. She, she has only... to pass the crown yeah. onto him willingly. But they didn't do it in time, and she did put the crown on his head. So now Koopa has the crown of invincibility. Um, they oh he's allergic to the mushroom powder, yeah. but that doesn't really do anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's shooting like red bolts and breathing fire, all the good Koopa yeah, Bowser that, stuff. That wonderful payoff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Luigi is uh, oh gets zapped and he's turning into stone. Uh, he yeah. wants Mario to leave him behind, and Mario won't. And Luigi's like, "My brother loves me." Um, yeah, there was like a thing because in that scene where Luigi, where he thought Luigi was asleep, he says, "You want to know what it's like having a brother? It's like having a rock in your shoe." And now it's like a literal rock that he's willingly carrying. Yeah, he's not heavy. He's my brother. Whoa, but you are heavy because you turned to stone. Yeah, but Mario's <laughs> able to still just like run with him. Yeah, very, Mario's very strong. Um, <laughs> And they like use him. They like ride him down a mountain or something in a in a big action sequence. Where I was like, we could have used less of this. That was another <laughs> spot. The sequence does have the chain chomps in it. You know, the big chompy yeah. balls that are like, fixed to the ground with chains. Um, yeah, they ride Luigi down the hill like they're on a log ride, basically. Um, yeah, Koopa is like. I think, yeah, he becomes gigantic like he sometimes does. And we end up, like, fighting on, like, a bridge, a classic battle with Koopa on the bridge, as it should be, shooting fireballs everywhere. Over a river of fire, too, which is cool. which is, again, what, what, that's what everyone came here to see. Yeah. Yeah. Mario has the locket, and he opens it, and in the locket, Woltan, you know, who got incinerated, his face is magically in there, and he's like, what do you want? He's like, what do you mean what I want? You said the secret to beating Koopa is in the locket. I lied. The power is not in the locket. It is within you. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Mario had the power (laughs) the whole time. (laughs) Wow, what a twist. And somehow this makes him remember uh, Luigi's bizarre story that he tells the kids about the genie and the fisherman. Uh, And it makes him realize how to beat Koopa. (laughs) Koopa calls him a little man, which, again, you don't want to call Mario short. Uh, but then Mario's like, you think that crown makes you big? I know I'm bigger than you'll ever be. And then Koopa's like, I'll show you big. Oh, and that's when he's like, he's kind of tricking him to keep making himself bigger and bigger and but bigger. But the crown stays yeah, the, the same size. The crown stays the same size, so it falls off his head. I actually kind of like that. That feels yeah. like classic yeah. fairy tale way for yeah. a guy to beat the bad guy. Um, Koopa and Mario both end up hanging from the same rope. Koopa's guys start betraying him. Uh, Mario uses the Swiss Army knife yeah. to <laughs> cut the rope below him. Koopa falls in the lava, but they're above lava on the bridge. Koopa falls in the lava. I did like all dies. his guys betraying him because they just hated him the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> it was like in Hannibal, and like uh, he's like, you know, you could just push him into the pig pit. <laughs> <laughs> One of the many ways in which the Mario Brothers movie is like Hannibal. Um, yeah. Yeah, all right, so then it's revealed that Woltan was Hildy's father the whole time. He was the horrible king who, <laughs> who, who like, murdered Bowser, Koopa's people, and kicked them all out of the kingdom. Does he come back to life? Yeah. So he didn't really die at all. No. So he, 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 I think he summoned the lightning to vanish because... Mario had to do this alone or something. Woltan is an asshole. Yeah, well. Manipulative. He's yeah. got an also strange ending as they gather now, finally back at the pipe, back to Brooklyn, where Mario would wanted to get. I also kept it earlier in the scene because it was such an unending series of stuff in the middle there. But there was a point where Mario, they like are at a crossroads, I think, in that scene yeah. where they're first like sharing their feelings and Mario like switches the sign oh, so they're yeah. going to go back to yeah. Brooklyn, but whatever. But then they happened. bust him on it immediately. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, Just the next scene, they go, hey, this is the wrong way. Did you switch the sign, Mario? Yeah. But, they're, but they're back at the pipe. You know, classic end of the movie. Like, yeah. you guys are the heroes. Here's all your medals and whatnot. And then Voltan's like, because I have decided to take a new queen and produce uh, many more heirs to the throne, I have consented <laughs> yeah. to let the princess return to the outer world where her true <laughs> destiny lies. And he 
he's like working at a flower shop. Yeah, and he's gonna marry this. There was a buxom barmaid yeah. that we'd seen they, earlier. They write women and he just so like well. looks over at her. <laughs> it's basically just like you're hot. Um, yeah, Mario was hoping to get riches this whole time, but has to just settle for being a hero. And they're about to leave. The horrible hag shows up, and she kisses Mario again. And now she becomes hot. Yay! Yeah. Happy ending for Mario. Um, but then they don't. Mario and Luigi get like pulled into the pipe, leaving oh yeah, before, the hot chick behind. Yeah, and they have to leave the hot chick yeah. behind. So now we'll read this final scene here. Um, if you guys are ready, mm-hmm. fade in exterior Brooklyn night. <laughs> exterior Brooklyn night day. Oh, um, <laughs> I'm assuming that was a mistake. Traffic flows over the Brooklyn Bridge in the distance. Brooklyn, three years later, Italian three restaurant. Months later. What? Oh, three months later. Yeah. Italian restaurant, night. A waiter pops the cork on a bottle of champagne, filling glasses at the table are Mario, Luigi, Hildy. Here's to us finally paying off Big Eddie. It wasn't easy. Damn right it wasn't easy. It's a miracle I'm not in the East River wearing cement high tops. They clink glasses. Luigi and Hildy lovingly clasp hands, and we see their wedding rings. Life is good, Mario. Mario holds the glass, looking into it. Sure. It's a festival. Hildy and Luigi, Luigi exchange looks then. So, uh, Mario, seeing anyone? Nah, I'm too busy with work. There's more to life than work. Don't start on me, Luigi. I'm glad you two are happy. I got the business, the apartment to clean. There's just no time for... We see that Mario sees through the glass a woman sitting alone at a table near the window, turned away from us. Mario lowers his glass, staring at the woman. She looks at Mario and smiles. It could be our imagination, but she seems very much like the hag-turned-beautiful woman. Mario sits down his glass, gulps. Excuse me. Exterior restaurant. From the sidewalk, we see through the front window, Mario stands and comes to the woman's table. We don't hear their conversation, but Mario introduces himself, and she smiles, asking him to sit down. As they talk, the look in Mario's eyes of a man smitten with love. We slowly pull back and see the... Brothers van parked at the curb. It's newly painted sign reading, Super Mario Brothers, Ace Plumbing. We continue to pull back, rising above the Brooklyn street and the street lamps emanating beautiful, magical halos. The end. Wow. We did it. <laughs> uh, and that is where we will end this episode. Ooh. We'll be back for another installment where Steve will let us know what happened after these guys <laughs> turned in this oh draft that clearly did not get made into the movie. Uh, but for our listeners, and again, Pat, Alan, thank you for coming. Let us know uh, where they can find you on social media. You can find me on Twitter at Pat underscore KC, the letters KC. Uh, yeah. Everybody go see Sonic on February 14th. Perfect date movie. Yeah. Valentine's Day. <laughs> Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Alan the Writer, A L A N the Writer. Uh, you can watch Sonic Boom. It's on Hulu. Uh, hey, <laughs> yeah. Sonic X is on Netflix. None of us worked on that, but, but it's, but it's also can, a TV show. I'm saying you can do that right now. You don't have to wait till Valentine's Day. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and you can find us on Instagram at Best Movies Never Made and on Twitter at never made film uh thanks again for joining us and if you're a fan of this podcast you may want to check out electric surges other podcasts like the 430 movie every friday in which a group of writers and producers curate fantasy theme weeks of classic movies ending glorious Trexperts, the only podcast for star trek fans with a life available every saturday wherever you listen to podcasts also a special thanks to bill ritter and everyone here at electric surge network including our producers dean devlin and mark a altman so until next time this is steven scarlata and i'm josh miller saying we won't see you at the movies This show was produced by Dean Devlin and Mark A. Altman and is an Electric Surge Network production.